hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm your low-energy host, Adam Gobeski. And I'm your high-energy host, Charlie Wallace. And we have with us two guests of varying amounts of energy. We have Paul Wilcox. I'm your variable energy guest. (laughs) And Doug Gobeski. I find it very interesting that we don't have the option of having degenerate energy. Is that where you would, like, start really high, and then as the sentence ended, you just trail off? No, it would simply mean that we would both have the same amount of energy. That's what degenerate energy states are, my friend. Are you deliberately doing a monarch interpretation, or is that just a coincidence, because I've been watching Venture Brothers? It's just brain poisoning. Oh, see, now you're doing Battlefield Earth. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry your brain has been poisoned silly man animal too much cartoons (laughs) tell us about leverage (laughs) (laughs) well if you remember back in 2008 or maybe it was seven eh, maybe through that entire period of time banks were over leveraged and this caused much chagrin throughout the world. Uh, I meant the TV show, Leverage, but okay. Is that the new show from the Dirty Jobs guy? Micro, I think his name was? <laughs> <laughs> is there like a sub, sub, sub tag show that this is going to go into? <laughs> his brother Macro. <laughs> Mike and Macro. <laughs> Mike Mack and Dennis. Wait, isn't his name Mike? <laughs> the Row Triplets. It is. It's just... <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And with us today, we have two wonderful guests. We have Doug Gobeski. Hi, great to be here. And Paul Wilcox. It's good to be back. So it's that time once again. It's time for our Merry Marvel Movie March. We have made it all the way to installment number 25. Here to talk about the 2007 film Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. It's our third Fantastic Four movie. Wow. It is. And second in the current series, current as of 2007. Brief plot synopsis. um, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer is about uh, Dennis Fantastic Four. His Uh, last name is Four. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Who you may remember from the previous movie. Well, so this time he gets the deed to an underwater silver mine. And because he's, you know, crazy smart, right? Like he works out that there's still silver in there. But the only way you can get it out due to some very uh, obscure statutes on the law books is via a surfing competition. Mm, clearly inspired by surf ninjas. That Rob Schneider classic. Which is probably why he's in this movie as like a small cameo appearance. He's one of the rival surfers. So, so do the rival surfers, are they also trying to get the silver mine or is this incidental? So a couple of them are incidental because surfing competition. So they're there. But there is the uh, the evil robber baron. It's, it's a confused <laughs> movie. But his name is uh, Victor Dennis Doom. And he, Rob Schneider works for him. And he's trying to also claim the silver mine. I thought it was really strange how at the end, Dennis didn't end up with a silver mine, though. 
that he lost the competition. Well, but that's because it turned out it was fool silver. So it wasn't, a th- you know. Oh, so, right. Right. So even though Dennis Doom got control of the mine, it turned out to not actually be valuable. It was tinsel and the whole time. The, right. <laughs> and the friendships that uh, Dennis Four had made uh, were far more valuable. So I can see why the MTV Movie Awards uh, nominated this for Best Summer Movie That You Didn't See. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually true. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> uh, wait. Well, I went on IMDb and this like awards, right? Two wins and 14 nominations. And I'm like, they got to be all Razzies. And <laughs> wow. One of them was MTV Movie Awards nominee from 2007. Best summer movie you haven't seen. Hmm. Didn't win. What did win? So it was not the best summer movie you haven't seen. Uh, I wonder if I'm going to hit the bottom of this rabbit hole. Let me see. Transformers. That one was the winner. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Movie that you didn't see. How much Apparently. did Transformers make? <laughs> Enough that they won't stop making them. Oh. I mean, I didn't watch it, but I assumed everyone else had. Seven hundred and nine million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best summer movie you haven't seen yet. Nominees just looks like. These are the movies that came out in the summer of 2007. <laughs> Since you don't watch a lot of movies. Yeah. You may not have caught Rush Hour 3 or I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, <laughs> which are both Dark also Knight nominees. That year? Oh, man. Was The Dark Knight 2007? That's 2008. Oh, okay. Oh. What? Uh, so this is a category of movies that haven't come out yet. <laughs> That's worse. (laughs) What? Best unreleased movie. That's how Harry Potter 5 is on this list. So best trailer, basically? Yeah, I'm going to guess that's probably it. (laughs) Largest kickback. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah. uh, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. uh, The sequel to... Tim Story's first Fantastic Four film from 2005. So that's actually a pretty quick turnaround. Tim Story, uh, who we mentioned last time, is the first African-American director to work in the Marvel Universe. Although for some reason, Charlie cut that out. I assume because he's a racist. Yep. (laughs) Wait, he's a racist or he's a racist in that he just loves cutting stuff? You know, erasing it? Yeah, no, 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 we got it. Just (laughs) contemplating... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> contemplating which of charlie's many crimes to file it under. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he cuts all things that aren't about the movie eraser now <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately that uh, 15 minute discussion about rail guns can stay in then <laughs> so uh had you seen the movie before this is what i definitely did not see and i think actively avoided I think if if I was around you at the same time, like within the month or two this was out, I probably would have seen it. But well, it did I'm come sure. out on my birthday. Ah, uh, hmm. and you did include it in your uh, web comic about me. Yes, but I certainly hadn't seen it Fair at that enough. point. I was like, ah, uh, what Marvel movie came out that is going to be integrated? You can tell I didn't see it because I have no idea how the Silver Surfer should behave. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the Silver Surfer doesn't know how the Silver Surfer should behave. 
Like, I didn't know that he was supposed to be, like, the quote-unquote bad guy at the start of the movie. Like, I thought he was just coming along to help everybody out. But I guess he was? I don't know. He's just arriving at this inhabited world so that he can warn the populace about the, the monster that's coming through space that only eats inhabited worlds. <laughs> that, he, that he's leading that monster to. Hey, hey, this time his warnings and get saved okay uh, i can't tell who's bad at watching movies anymore <laughs> <laughs> paul had you seen it um no i had not really uh kind of just wasn't on my wasn't on my radar i think i i was too busy watching evan almighty that summer <laughs> <laughs> it really eats up your free time uh, yeah i didn't i didn't see transformers <laughs> didn't see Fantastic Four, but I did see Evan Almighty. Did you see Spider Man Three? I can't remember. Oh uh, yes, I did. Also, so in excellent the, in the theater. That was a good. I made the right choices last summer. <laughs> Two thousand seven was a banner year. Banner <laughs> summer for you. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. I saw it in theaters because it came out on my birthday. Uh, and then when I got the DVD for like a dollar at a garage sale, I'm pretty sure I watched it and then hadn't watched it since. And when I got that DVD, that was probably 10 years ago. Like it came, like I got the DVD at a garage sale, like pretty close after the movie was released, like within a year, I think where I was like, Oh, Hey, I'll pay a dollar for this. Sure. But it's 2019 and this is a 2007 release. Yeah. But. Mid-2007. 12 years ago. 11 and a half. Okay. Sorry, sometimes it's difficult to believe that we've actually left 2018 behind. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. it just weighs constantly on you. and I'm still carrying a lot of 2018 baggage with me. <laughs> Are you saying that your mind is too broken to appreciate the new modern horrors of 2019? Well, I mean, we're still in federal shutdown mode as of this recording. On, we're closing um, out the decade, man. On January 11th, so which is a, a 2018 carryover. Yeah, that's right. There's no way we can uh, fully grapple with 2018 because it's just following us. Kind of like like Stephen Colbert said something like the Department of Time hasn't. <laughs> 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 yes, I can't just take that joke. Events that happened in the past do sometimes continue on into the present. And potentially even future. Yeah, you can cut that. <laughs> Don't let him bring us down. <laughs> Doug, had you seen the movie? Did I see it with you? It's possible. Cause Seems I, plausible. Because I remember watching the copy that you got on DVD, but I'm, I could swear that I, like, I'm sure I saw it before that. Okay. So I guess this would be my third time seeing the movie. So I did some uh, preparation ahead of time in that um, there are three Fantastic Four storylines that this is based on to varying degrees of importance, I guess. There's the obvious, big, important uh, Fantastic Four coming of Galactus storyline that's in the comic book world, at least very uh, probably is not too strong a term to describe it as a seminal story. Um, there's also a slightly later story from about to 10 issues later where Dr. Doom acquires the Silver Surfer's powers that this movie taps into. And then the wedding of Reed Richards and uh, Sue Storm shows up in a, in a comic book. And 
Really, the only carryover from that issue to this is the presence of Stan Lee at the wedding ceremony being turned away at the at the door, basically. So here is our Stan Lee cameo in the movie where Stan Lee is actually playing Stan Lee, just like he does in the in the comic book issue. Wait, wasn't he in the oh. previous Fantastic Four, though? Yeah, but he's Willie Lumpkin in that. He's not Stan Lee. So maybe they rejected him because they didn't realize he was Stan Lee and thought that he was Willie Lumpkin. Except he says he's Stan Lee. Well, yeah, but they know what Willie Lumpkin looks like. If you got a guy standing in front of you who looks like Willie Lumpkin and claims to be Stan Lee, chances are he's Willie Lumpkin. Anybody can just claim to be Stan Lee. Is that true? I mean, (laughs) do you also believe in the Marvel Universe that Captain America could come along later and somebody be like, no, you're... uh..." You're Johnny Blaze. Oh, wait, not Johnny Blaze. That's Johnny the other Storm. one. You're Johnny Storm. <laughs> the other fire, Johnny. <laughs> Honestly, I keep I keep doing that in my mind. <laughs> I want to see who Johnny Fire is. <laughs> what were people expecting from this movie? Anything? I didn't really have a lot of expectations. I was surprised by the PG rating. Did not expect that. That's true. I just noticed that on my DV on my uh, Blu-ray case. Were you expecting like, G? Hmm? Well, wait. What did you oh. think it was B rated? I just figured it'd be PG thirteen because just about every like action blockbuster you know seems to be PG thirteen. At least that's what I've come to expect. So, Except for uh, Transformers. That was PG. What? Wasn't it? Oh, that's got to be PG thirteen. Yeah, the only the other big the only other big PG summer movie was Evan Almighty. <laughs> oh, I guess I was wrong. PG thirteen. Never mind. Yeah. So you watched Evan Almighty, but not Rise of the Silver Surfer. Did you yep. get your entire fix of family friendly fun from mm-hmm. Evan Almighty. I was like, no more PG movies. <laughs> you can only watch one movie of each rating per year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I ended up watching, uh, you know, I had to watch Superbad after <laughs> after this one. I assume that's rated G. Um, the Walmart edition is. <laughs> <laughs> they don't put the parental advisory sticker on it. <laughs> they just edit it. I've actually never seen Superbad, so. Oh. Well, it's, a, it's rated R. So that's why I watched Evan Almighty, Spider-Man 3, and Superbad to get those those three ratings in what was your g movie <laughs> hmm let's see did i have a g movie oh it was it was ratatouille nice how about nc17 <laughs> i keep trying to find them <laughs> feel so incomplete every year there just aren't enough nc17 films <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, Paul had not seen this movie. <laughs> uh, I is I know that I shouldn't have preconceived notions about movies going into them, especially I think this March has taught me not to do this, but I couldn't help it with this one. I just knew that pretty much everyone didn't like this, so I was expecting it not to be good going into it. I should have had Except a more open mind. If you look at the uh, Rotten Tomatoes consensus about it, it says it's better than the first one. Really? Oh, see, I... I really didn't do any research going into the movie ahead of time. I just got the impression that people really hated it and it killed at least this iteration of the series. I mean, I know I was sort of surprised that 
it was said to be an improvement because I didn't remember it being that way. But, you know, whatever. So I guess one of the things that we really liked about the first film was the sort of fun interaction between characters, like the light, playful stuff to show how they're kind of becoming a family almost. And there's a lot of that stuff, especially towards the beginning of this movie. Do you think it worked as well as the first movie? Did you enjoy it still? It it didn't seem as comedy movie jokey as the first movie was. Like yeah. there weren't didn't seem to be as many explicit gags. Yeah, I can I can see that. Like I I just don't re- yeah, I don't remember it being quite as memorable or fun. I mean, it's there. They're I, not played up as much as they were in the first movie. I mean, I wonder if part of this because it does feel like this movie has a bit more of a of a story plot that they're dealing with. Yeah. Like, like the first one's basically yeah. just like, oh hey, this is how we get our powers. This is how we become heroes and PS we fight doom. But it's actually pretty like small scale. Whereas this yeah. one, like it's the whole fate of the planet and like they're globe hopping and all sorts of stuff. And it starts immediately too. Like you don't have time to it's almost like they, they didn't allow too much time to have like just that, you know, same kind of fun, the low stakes atmosphere because Although, you're kind of immediately hit with the conflict. Right. When the, uh, when the bowling ball planet disintegrates. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean like immediately? I mean, I guess it's kind of for their wedding time kind of conflicts with, uh, Mr. Fantastic and, uh, um, and invisible, woman. invisible, invisible woman. I don't Yeah. Invisible woman. And, uh, Just call her Sue. <laughs> Sue and Reed. Reed. <laughs> There's some humor in that, but all in all, it seems like it kind of just gets more straight to the interpersonal drama rather than the interpersonal comedy. Yeah. Uh, I, I was both torn and admiring of how brazen some of the product placement was. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh man, I thought that was right. unequivocally great. Like it's like it's, it's actually part of what he's you know like he's actually <laughs> holding a jacket with sponsors on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, somehow I don't feel like that's the last time we're gonna see Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta admit it's true to the character. It's certainly it true to the character as established in the previous movie. That, yes, that's the especially insidious form of product placement. Yeah. But it, I don't think it's insidious. Changing I don't actually characters. know what insidious means. No, it's so blatant. It's so over the top that it just skips over awfulness and gets right back to great. It bridges that chasm. I agree with that. But then there were just other moments where it was like standard product placement that I think because <laughs> the movie had sort of signposted at the beginning that they were going to do it, it just jumped out at me a lot more like, wow, look at the Nokia, you know brand on his like pda or the the weird uh exchange about the fantastic car being branded a dodge hemi for some reason <laughs> <laughs> like reed richards is, was the year of the hemi man reed richards is so much of a dodge fan that he's com- decided to brand his custom car <laughs> You sure that he didn't just take a dodge and modify it so that it could fly and separate? And well, yeah, he's Mister Fantastic. Yeah, okay. So this happened in the comics too—that Reed Richards builds everything by himself without anyone to help him. 
<laughs> over yeah. short periods yes. of time? Okay. Yes. Uh, you, you have to ask the question, like, how does he even lift all of that stuff? Or okay, does so, he physically so have time? will help him with that. Okay. Like, in the comic, he'll be like, hey, Ben, hold this up for me. And so, like, Jack Kirby will draw a thing holding, like, some 20-ton, you know, piece of equipment. And he's like, oh, this is starting to get heavy, Reed. And he's like, just a second more, right? Like, that kind of stuff. Partly because I think Jack Kirby loved drawing weird-looking machines. Yeah, and I, it's established that Reed Richards is a genius, so that's fine. I don't mind that. It's mostly like, how? You've had about half a day to, to build this device that's going to track the Silver Surfer through the cosmos and all this radiation like while preparing for a wedding, and it's like the, half the size of a room. Well, let's be honest. How much preparing for the wedding is he doing? You're right. <laughs> what's that thought i he's thought it saying, was fine it he's was just... saying yes sue that's fine whatever you want <laughs> as i was sort of mentioning earlier right like this is based on a very famous fantastic four storyline about galactus coming but the emphasis is different here than in that um in that the emphasis is really more on galactus for like a large part of it like in case you don't know, Galactus is a huge dude in who dresses in purple and blue and like comes to the planet like physically to set up his machine to drain Earth's energy. His, and so, his pupils are rectangular as well. And his pupils are rectangular, yes. And so there's a lot of stuff where he's like building the, his machine on the top of the Baxter building while the Silver Surfer is actually off with Alicia Masters where she's the one convincing the silver surfer that hey humanity's worth saving whereas the focus on this is a lot more just like silver surfer centric and i guess i before i start going into my opinions like how did you feel about that about focusing the story acknowledging you guys aren't familiar with the the, the original comic book storyline but how did you feel about focusing so much on the silver surfer and what he's doing there i thought the idea was cool i like the silver surfer design and I guess I was kind of excited for it, but and maybe this is just the Silver Surfer character. He's pretty boring. I mean, when you actually get to meet him, his powers seem kind of neat. But even when towards the end, you know, he's trying to, you know, grapple with what he's allowed to do and not allowed to do and trying to save people. And I guess he has this love, right, that he lost at some point. It just didn't really. Maybe it was something about the character model where the emotion didn't really come across. Or maybe it was purposely not supposed to have, he was purposely not supposed to have any emotion, but this fell really flat for me. I think it's actually probably he's purposely meant to be fairly stoic. Mm. Okay. Because he's alien, right? We're not supposed to relate to him on some level. Or maybe Doug Jones is a bad actor. Is that where you want to go with this? (laughs) Yes. He should have been crying silver tears. (laughs) (laughs) So just drops of quicksilver coming out of his eyes? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i'm serious how was he in the the fish movie charlie oh he was fine i mean the makeup was fantastic and no doug jones in general does a good job i i don't think i don't think it's anything against him it's mostly there's a lot of lead up to actually meeting the silver surfer and when you do i don't know there's just not a lot there well he's very shiny he is shiny until he gets until yeah. t- he gets tarnished <laughs> oh yeah the board provide provides the shininess i do wonder if part of the problem is the presence of Victor Von Doom in this movie, in that in some ways he feels pretty superfluous to the movie. Oh, yeah. Because not only is it PG, but it's also like 92 minutes or something. It's a pretty short movie. 
And like, there's these moments where just like focus gets drawn to him, but nothing really consequential happens. Like he kills the one general dude when he gets the powers of the board, but then he doesn't really do much with it that I can recall. And I only saw the movie like a couple days ago and I can't remember anything worthwhile happening. Well, he also got released from his crazy frozen metal prison that we left him in in the first movie. Yeah, I also kind of objected to that. Just that, oh, like the the first movie goes to all the trouble of like putting Doom in like the standard Doom look. And then this movie just like, oh, no, he got healed by cosmic powers. He looks like Julian McMahon again. No problems. IMDb suggested it had something to do with executives didn't like the way the makeup looked and basically wrote it away via production notes. I'm not going to lie. This feels like a movie that has studio interference. Yeah. 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 And then Dr. Doom comes out of his, you know, coma or whatever stupor just because the silver server flies over him. Right. And that's all the explanation we're given. I assume that it was because the silver surfer makes stuff so cold that it made his metal prison just kind of get so cold. It just sort of frozen broke off. <laughs> you know, couldn't, couldn't stand the, the thermal contraction of the cold and just cracked and fell off of him. Like he doesn't get healed until he gets shot by the silver surfer or touches him or something. Right. Oh, well, healed. Yeah, fine, yeah. But, yeah. but I'll agree with you, Adam. I don't think Dr. Doom was the right, if you're going to have a second villain in this movie at all, or I guess third, right, then he probably wasn't the right choice. Yeah, it just felt like they were like, oh, well, it's Fantastic Four. We have to have Doom in this. Here we but go we don't again. really know what to do with him. I guess it could have been enough just to have the Silver Surfer grappling with, you know, whether he has a free will to do what he wants and then Galactus. I think that would have yeah. been sufficient for 90 minutes. I mean, I can I can kind of see why they you know have uh, Von Doom in it just in the movie just because I don't know just to kind of provide some sort of like catalyst for the whole yeah the military's on the wrong side of this conflict here and it it does seem like it is a lot to pack into a into a ninety minute movie have another like major character like that but I can see the function. So do you feel like he was? used reasonably well in the movie Mm, not necessarily it was just kind of like generically like oh yeah he's of course he's not being honest and he wants this you know power for himself like i don't remember him expressing any kind of distinct motivation or plan of what to do with his new power take over the world same thing we do every night (laughs) Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. And he's a genius. You would think that he would know that it's not going to do him a lot of good if the whole world is destroyed five minutes after he takes it over. That just seemed kind of weird. Uh, Charlie, our current political state Uh, moves you wrong on that one. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I didn't really have a problem with Dr. Doom being in this movie. I didn't feel like having him here was too much. Like I didn't, I didn't have any difficulty keeping the the characters and their motivations apart from each other. You know, I'm, I don't think we're saying that it's too much. I think we're saying that he's, his presence is unnecessary. Like it doesn't add anything, really. Yeah, but then if you get rid of him, then there's not enough. Like all you have is Galactus is coming to eat the Earth, and he doesn't even look right. He doesn't even look like Galactus. And I guess you've got the Silver Surfer wrecking people's weddings and whatnot. I'm not convinced that's enough. Yeah, you just had to extend out 
them chasing the Silver Surfer and him causing more havoc. So uh, maybe, yeah, oh, maybe. You're oh, right. and then he can have some sort of emo freak out as well to pad for more time. <laughs> yep. We can have a we can have a fifteen minute sequence, uh, a la Spider Man three of emo Silver Surfer. <laughs> you know he's he's getting to know the natives by hanging out with them on the street and in the clubs, like an Obsidian Silver Surfer. <laughs> yep. They really established early on, like, oh, this Silver Surfer is he's not the main bad guy. He's not a real bad guy. And you know that from the beginning. And I don't know, I kind of feel like maybe they could have held on to that reveal a little more. But maybe they didn't expect anyone to actually believe that people are like, oh, Silver Surfer's the bad guy. Well, but they could have just had it. They could have leaned a little more heavily into the amoral qualities, right? Of just like for him, like he's completely impersonal. He doesn't care one way or the other because, you know, it's his job. And then so they could have had more stuff with like, trying to get through to him to like actually activate his humanity yeah which it seems like in this it just kind of is trivial like it's like yep you remind me of someone i lost therefore i instantly have empathy because you saved me in that one event you know i don't know that you need to you know have an extended sequence proving that he's an alien oh his ways are different from our ways and such that's that's been done. I think they did it. I think they did it right. You know, you just, you know, he's an alien. Move on. Let's <laughs> deal with it. It's been how's OK. Explain to me where in the movie it was done. Sufficiently. No, in other movies. In other I, don't, mo- I don't care about other movies. This, we're talking about this movie. You know what I'm saying? They wanted this. You know, they didn't put it in this movie because it's too much of a cliche. So instead they added an extraneous subplot about doom. Yeah, it's a recognizable villain. See, humanity is the real villain. <laughs> oh. Too preoccupied with controlling the world to be willing to actually do what it takes to notice all of the gathering storm clouds and save the world. Just an allegory for <sighs> climate change. <laughs> That's Maybe pretty generous. Send up a, a group of oil driller oil drillers um, <laughs> to drill into Galactus and <laughs> <laughs> I think we could have a movie on our hands with this. Train them to be astronauts. <laughs> right? I'm sure that was in one of the earlier scripts, but then they realized it's been done. So you're saying this was this was uh, Tim Story's attempt to make a completely original movie, <laughs> unlike all previous movies. I'm saying that Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer is what people refer to when they talk about movies as art. <laughs> yes, Charlie. <laughs> hey, hey, come on, come on. If a friggin' painting of a Campbell's soup can is art, then a guy holding up a shirt with like 15 different logos on it is also art. <laughs> so Doug's ready to move on to the rating section already. <laughs> <laughs> I give this 10 Andy Warhols out of 10. <laughs> what about the CGI, especially compared to the previous Fantastic Four film, which is Adam reminded us was only two years previous to this? You know, I, I didn't really notice anything like weird or bad about them. I thought they were pretty good, except somehow the Silver Surfer. And I understand it's stylized, but I was like thinking in my mind, how much better does this look than the t-1000 like <laughs> yeah you know yeah, yeah. 
I mean, was he all CGI or was parts of it Doug Jones in a suit, though? Uh, the stuff where he didn't have the board looked like maybe it was him in a suit. Although it's hard to tell uh, when he was dull. So the CGI is good enough that you can't tell it, but from sp- from just standard special effects, practical special effects. Uh, I thought there was pretty clear a pretty clear distinction. Like you can kind of tell when he's not in like full liquid looking, like sloshing CGI shiny form. I was just watching the movie. I didn't really notice. <laughs> too caught up. Yeah, my take is that in general, the Fantastic Force powers were better, but I think one of the criticisms we had the first time around was that they tried to do weird things with it, especially with Mr. Fantastic, where you're like, oh, what would that actually look like if you tried to stretch someone's body out? And it just looked like, especially the Wolverine part, right? Whereas I think this Which time they were in the a little, movie. I know, but I think you can't. Call sure, that sure, out. sure. But I think they were a little bit better this time around of finding situations where they could use the CG in a better or more realistic way. I don't think they tried to stretch as much. Pardon the pun. Like the weird Ferris wheel part. Yeah, like I didn't. Whatever that thing's called. Yeah, uh-uh. like that. That was all pretty far away, right? Because he was stretching so far. Yeah. So I thought it worked just fine. I missed Mr. Fantastic's stretching wasn't as creepy as it was in the first movie. <laughs> so an improvement there. We do get another scene where Sue Storm is naked. So, you know, check the that PG one off movie? the list. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That would be the uh, let's see. Uh, it says some PG for sequences of action, violence, some mild language and innuendo. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not like you actually see anything. Is implying someone's naked innuendo? <laughs> well, there was a whistle. There was a cat call. You can okay, yeah. <laughs> so someone was sexualizing that scene in the movie. <laughs> I mean, I sure wasn't. <laughs> I just thought it seemed really weird to put that in again. The same joke. I didn't mind. All the people that didn't see the I'll... first one. The people who only go to sequels. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Last time on Fantastic Four. <laughs> you also got to please the people who are only coming back to uh to log any skin in their <laughs> skin encyclopedia. Uh not convinced that's a real thing. So <laughs> Of course it's a real thing. No, no. I'll, so talking about Sue Storm, I'll tell you what did bother me was basically acting. every time she's on screen those contact lenses are just so distracting. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, like I just wanted so badly for them to not look so bad. I mean, I guess I did wonder if uh, Jessica Alba's eyes had been that blue in the first one. Because they definitely seemed pretty intense in this. But then I got used to it. Nope. Well, I'm Valley the whole way. So I know we talked last time about... Um, how Jessica Alba was suffering kidney failure. And that was perhaps explaining some of the <laughs> times it felt like she was, uh, wasn't giving her all in acting, but I got to say, having watched this, I wasn't really any more convinced. I was still like, Oh, ugh, I, I'm not sure you're great in this role. This doesn't seem like the role for you. Yeah, I agree. I was not terribly impressed with her. And she doesn't have, <sighs> She doesn't have a lot to work with either, to be fair. I mean, I, one thing fair. one thing that I was glad about was there's that whole um, bachelor party scene where she came in and 
with the general and was like, Reed, what are you doing at your bachelor party dancing with other women? And it's like, is this really what is going to be the problem between them for the rest of the movie? Was her being upset over this bachelor party? And I'm glad they at least dropped that right away. But I mean, that's the sort of stuff that she's relegated to. It's like, that's kind of the same thing she was in the first one. It's like, oh, Reed, aren't you ever going to figure it out? Yeah. Is that is that not true to the Fantastic Four, though? To, to a good be. extent? It might be. Uh... I mean, come I mean, on, they still, made the woman invisible. It still felt okay. to me like she was reading lines off cue cards. Uh, right, like I she's not, really get that she's not like delivering. Well, that's because you've got a big crush on Jessica Alba, but like, uh, like I, all good people, um, like it was just, it frequently felt like she wasn't fully committed in the moment to me. And it doesn't help that, you know, Chris Evans and, Michael Chiklis are there too. That even though, you know, spoil I mean, spoiler for my ratings later, I don't like this one as much as the last one. I think they're both pretty charming and do a good job. Like I think they're better screen they're pretty good screen presences. Presence? Presences? They have pretty good screen they both have pretty Present good I? screen presence. Presence. The way they present themselves on screen is good. Yes. Yoan Griffith is fine, but those other two I always enjoy. And so you're, I'm immediately comparing her to to them and saying, look, I'd rather be watching the thing and the Human Torch. Yeah, yeah. So you want to see Sue and Reed get married and then retire, just leaving Johnny and Ben? Yeah, you want to see know, that movie? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, Doug, but you're absolutely right. Like a like a modern day Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> you are yeah. not wrong. <laughs> so thinking about that bachelor party scene, I think maybe just having uh, having seen just Spider Man three so recently, I was just getting heavy Spider Man three vibes from that scene. <laughs> Using your special powers to seduce women. <laughs> <laughs> Except it was actually working here. <laughs> it wasn't all grossly misogynist like Spider-Man 3 was. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were under production at the same time, I'm sure. So maybe they yeah. weren't talking with each other. Something about the <laughs> summer of 2007. You know? <laughs> it's really the area of the pickup artist, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Let's integrate this into yeah. our superhero movies. <laughs> what if you had these powers? Of course you would use them to pick up women. How about the big finale? The Silver Surfer flying up into space to fight Galactus. Yeah, um, I remember at the time that this was uh, derided pretty heavily for turning Galactus into just a, a great big sandstorm. Like, yeah, cloud in space. Super I kept, Sandman. I kept waiting for him to get to the core and to see something. Like he spends a good right. 30 seconds navigating his way in there to just more dirt. Yeah. After uh, Johnny Storm does a super scroll impression of having all the powers of the Fantastic Four uh, in one yeah. go. Yeah. See, that felt more like the climax to me than the actual yeah. Silver Surfer, you know, taking out Galactus. Yeah. Ian, you wouldn't have had that if we didn't have Doom in the movie. True. True. Although I thought, like, I thought the power switching thing was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, they did, they did a little with that, which was kind of neat. I really felt for um, the thing because he seemed really happy to, you know, have his uh, flesh form back for a little while. 
Yeah, it, the first movie spent a lot of time with the thing and kind of his life and trials and tribulations. And I guess they switched that out for uh, for the Human more Torch action. this time. Yeah, more action, but the Human Torch this time where he's got his thing where, oh, he's a screw up, right? And yeah. geez, maybe if he wasn't around, things would have gone a lot better. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's kind, I kind of don't buy because it's like, okay, we'll just figure out how to use this, which is how it resolves itself. But you'd think everybody else would understand that. Mm. I can't believe you screwed up by touching me, Johnny. <laughs> Come on, that's that's a family. He touched me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like Johnny even tries to like avoid Reed when he like flies. Like he doesn't go like around him. He's just like, I'm gonna go straight through you. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. He's hot dogging it because he's a hot shot. But um, it is sort of tempting because we're at the uh, the last movie before we get to the MCU here. Except for the 17 other movies that I've just discovered exist that we have to watch before we get to Iron Man. Oh, oh. You're a liar. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> I don't want to get to the MCU. Give me the bad stuff. Go back and watch the real stinkers. <laughs> Adam recently learned of the uh, Red Sonia decaheptology. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the only reason we haven't watched Red Sonia yet is because I haven't found a cheap copy of Goodwill. But once I do. <laughs> It'll be like, all right, it's Red Sonia time. Mary Marvel movie March 2.5. <laughs> time to delete my social media accounts. No more Skype, no more Discord. Make sure he can ever find me. Guess I'll have to come to your apartment. Oh, no. I can see you through the window. <laughs> so it's become really clear, particularly like as the with the more recent MCU movies is that the difference between those movies and then like the sorts of movies we got um, prior to the MCU in terms of Marvel comics of which in many ways, fantastic force two feels like a sort of exemplar of is that um, for whatever reason, and I'm willing to bet at least part of it's probably studios not wanting to do it, but there's this feeling of like, oh, well, audiences won't buy like a giant dude dressed in a purple loincloth with a weird hat. So we've got to, you know, just put a giant like weird storm cloud in instead. And then, you know, maybe we'll have like an, an outline that kind of vaguely looks like his helmet a bit if you squint so that people are like, oh, yeah, he is in there or whatever. Right. Whereas the MCU these days would just be like, let's just do it. Let's just bring Galactus in because we're fully confident that audiences will stay with us and we'll be able to do this. And so here it just really feels like someone is playing it safe and saying, well, audiences aren't going to buy it, so let's not do it. But then it sort of is like, well, if you're not going to actually show Galactus, then what's the point of doing <laughs> the Galactus storyline? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, just watching the movie, not knowing about Galactus at all, I was like, oh, so this is just some planet-eating, unthinking, unfeeling storm. You know, like, that's the impression I got until, like, you until, you know, the Silver Surfer actually kind of explains it. Until he starts yeah. yelling at him in the cloud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably worth mentioning at this point, for those listeners who aren't super familiar with the source material, that Galactus, in addition to the stuff that Adam said, is also basically a godlike being 
who is actually one of the few, if not the only survivor of the universe that existed before the Big Bang. So he's like, you know, seriously heavy hitter. Mm. You don't so really get that. So a planet yeah, is more like, like eating you get a more chicken. Like, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, like to That's him. That's the level of soul that he thinks it has. <laughs> yeah. If that, yeah. Might be more like the incidental bacteria on your piece of chicken. Yeah, it's true. That's why the Silver Surfer has to go in ahead of time to to prep the planet so that it can be properly cooked. <laughs> Silver is you know, antimicrobial. Like you, you, you put holes into the uh, the planet breast so that you know the steam can release. Uh-huh. That's right. It stays nice and moist. Like poking it with a fork. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think because this movie ends up playing it safe with Galactus, um, the resolution on some level is sort of just like very much like a wet fish falling on the ground just like <laughs> but uh hey circuit city was in the movie remember circuit city <laughs> that was a fun, <laughs> fun bit of nostalgic product placement i don't know i guess that was my take on the end i don't know how others felt yeah i actually the cgi i liked the most was the galactus bit where he's eating up the planets and he finally dissipates like right over top of earth that i kind of enjoyed but I guess I didn't, again, I didn't, like Paul, I didn't know what to expect from Galactus. And the whole, the whole fight is kind of worthless because immediately after the movie ends, there's a mid credit scene and it's like 15 seconds into the credits where we find out that, oh, the Silver Surfer's not dead. He actually made no sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> well, he still has some hope of getting back to his sweetie now. Oh, great. And the whole time I was wondering, what does this title mean? Is that the t- is that the meaning? Just that last scene was the rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, how is he rising? Like he finally, finally stood up to his boss. I, I guess I think it's probably that. I thought it meant he just got resurrected at the end, or he didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a title that sort of defies ex- like satisfying explanation. <laughs> <laughs> like, was it at the beginning when he just shows up? <laughs> Was it when he defeats Galactus? Or was it when he is risen from the dead? Uh, And then the other thing that really kind of bothered me about this movie is that they spend all this time, like, going around the planet where they're like, oh, they're in Greenland and New York and London and Russia and Germany and Hong Kong or, I think, somewhere in China. But it's always, like, the same, like, three army people every time. (laughs) Like yeah, America's got a lot of military bases across the world. What's your point? That apparently we're just not liaising with anyone else from these countries. Just flying the same guy. Yeah, just fly this dude around and his assistant, Frankie Ray. Who? I guess that would square with trying to keep it super duper top secret if that's what they were trying to do. God, yeah, I guess. I mean, come on. If you know that there was some sort of horrible world ending thing coming... Wouldn't you do everything that you could to convince people that everything was safe and that they didn't need to worry? I would tweet about it, that we were all doomed, and that it's all of your fault. But yes, that female soldier is uh, Frankie Ray, who goes on to be one of another one of Galactus's heralds. Wait, seriously? Yeah, she's Nova. Oh, wow, I did not get that at all. Yeah, I think that's basically just a little... Uh, reference for the fans because it doesn't really have any bearing on the storyline, right? So that's who that character was. 
So, uh, I guess ultimately, how did you think this uh, this sequel stacked up? Would you would you stop this planet from being destroyed, or would you let Galactus just sort of eat it up? Uh, I guess I'm asking how many speeches from President Trump about the border that you could have watched instead of this would you give this movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what. We're... Yeah, how like, many? So we how have many to holes it. in the world? How many holes in the Earth's crust? Would you give this movie? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I allow that. Uh, like, I really want to give it better than the first movie, except I'm so disappointed by Galactus not being Galactus. Like, my only complaints are really Jessica Elba's contacts are just so distracting, and Galactus is not Galactus. So I guess I'm going to have to knock it down to seven and a half holes drilled in the Earth's crust. Like that last one, the the Silver Surfer didn't get to finish. So this is still as good as Blade 1 for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah, I, I liked this movie. Thought it was fun. Charlie, your rebuttal? Uh, yeah, the problem here is that I wanted to give it a really low rating, but now I'm looking at my other ratings, and I've got to <laughs> fit it in with those. I can't just pan it without respect to anything else I've done. And I'm starting to realize that uh, like it's better than Man-Thing. It's better Ooh. than Electra. <laughs> yeah, uh, but real it's spicy takes. Box, I, I think it's significantly worse than the last Fantastic Four, though. I just thought because I just didn't feel the charm that that one had. I'm probably going to give it 4.5 out of 10 holes in the Earth's crust. Mostly two because I want to... Two full points it lower. worse than the 94 Fantastic Four. Oh, is that true? Hold on. That apparently but you gave true. a five. We all really liked uh, that one. Well, well, so relatively. Man. <laughs> we all found that very average. <laughs> on the scale of, you know. Well, okay. I apparently really liked that one by giving it a six. Uh, that was when six yeah, was my You bottom. make a good point, Doug. All right. I'll raise my rating to a five. I can't, right. I can't say it's worse than that. Okay. <laughs> you, you really want to, but you can't. <laughs> Um, so I thought this was, you know, it was pretty good. You know, it, it was all, it was all right. I, I came in with, I think I said at the beginning that I said I had like not really any expectations, but I do definitely was aware that I did not hear good things about this movie. And I overall didn't think it was as bad as I was expecting it to be. I kind of agree with you, Charlie, in that it just seemed like a little less charming. So I'll probably give it, uh, I'm going to go with six holes in the earth just just a little bit a little bit worse than the first fantastic four i uh i think i'm gonna do it <laughs> we're, we're, we're here we're here on the cusp of the mcu we've made it 25 of these in and i think i gotta adjust a couple of these scores oh i'm gonna do okay. a quick i'm gonna do a couple of re-rates here because i think oh, no. i think what's going on it's is gonna cascade through the whole <laughs> all of history He's going to reboot the march. <laughs> I think the fact that I gave Blade a 7.5 instead of an 8 is confusing a whole bunch of stuff down the line here. So I'm going to shift Blade to an 8 instead of a 7.5. I'm going to move that up. Uh, and then I gave Hulk a 7, which I'm wondering if that was just a reaction to Charlie's vitriol. <laughs> I was like, screw you, Charlie. It's six. It's a seven. Ah. <laughs> I think that's probably actually closer to a 6.5. 
And the reason I bring this all up <laughs> is because Fantastic Four at 7.5 seems too high to me. Um, that's actually probably closer to a 7. I mean, it's tough. We were coming off a man thing. We were coming off the <laughs> yeah. Blade Trinity Electra man thing trifecta. Like, Fantastic Four had some serious production value, even just that alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking what happened was that that there's certainly that. And then me looking at Fantastic Four in relation to Hulk and going, well, I like Fantastic Four better than Hulk. And so I think that's probably what ended up happening there. I think Fantastic Four is actually a seven. And the reason I bring this all up is because I think this movie does some stuff okay. For large parts of it, I'm, I'm fairly entertained. Um, the problem is that I think there's probably, as Charlie was sort of getting at, there's not quite as much character interplay and interaction with the, the Fantastic Four as we had in that first one, so it doesn't quite feel as fun. And like Doug said, um, them chickening out with showing actually Galactus and going, oh, audiences won't buy that. Like, I seem to recall at the time reading something to the effect of, like, the someone involved saying no one's going to believe a big guy in a purple dress, so that's why we didn't do it. And I'm like, no, do it. So I'm going to give uh, this movie, because of that stuff, a full point lower. And so having adjusted Fantastic Four down to seven, this brings Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer down to six holes in the planet out of a possible ten, which feels right. Although that does mean this is the fourth movie in a row that I've given a six to. <laughs> Anyone else want to do a quick re-rate of anything um, over here? Charlie, you want to fix your X-Men 2 score? I don't think I need to do that now, but you're <laughs> right. This will need to happen at some point. I or think I can Spider-Man maybe get three or score? four more ratings in before I have to do this. My favorite thing about Spider-Man, Charlie Spider-Man 2 score is his declaration. I thought Spider-Man 2 was a better movie than Spider-Man. And that's why I'm going to give it the exact same rating. <laughs> maybe we need a finer grade on our... We need, we need 0.25s. <laughs> yeah. We definitely need to be spending more time hemming and hawing over our ratings <laughs> in this last segment. Both movies are exa- like by the time we get to the end, we're we're down to you know hundredths. <laughs> uh, well, it's just slightly better than Punisher Warzone, so <laughs> that puts me at like what six point seven three four. Like I would have given this an extra hundredth. But it went on for 20 seconds too long. <laughs> <laughs> they could have just cut 20 seconds from the film. Would have got it up to that coveted .038. <laughs> All right. So that does it for Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. And that's also the end of our 2007 uh, Marvel movies. So now we're going to jump forward almost a whole year to May 2nd, 2008, and the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with John Favreau's Iron Man. Anyway, uh, I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. Uh, special thanks to our two fantastic guests. I remembered this time. Uh, Doug Gobeski. It was great to be here. And Paul Wilcox. A pleasure as always. 
Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Make sure to check out GobeskiWallsReport.com. We've got lots of exciting opportunities for you to entertain yourself there. Oh, I thought you were talking about job opportunities. The job opportunities we have don't pay, so they're really more of unpaid internships. And you can follow us on Twitter, at GW Report, and you can like us on Facebook. So if you're looking for an internship, talk to Charlie. An unpaid internship that gives no letter of recommendation. Just the satisfaction of a job well done. But you can stay at Charlie's house. Um... All right. Like instead of Infinity War, you could have called it Rise of Thanos. And that would have made sense, right? Spoilers, well, really spoilers. Rise of just that one. Yeah, he'd already got fully formed. Far. Okay, he just well. had to finish his he, uh, he, sinister plan. He's yeah, at 125%, he to get different... like a hot dog over... <laughs> Ready to burst. <laughs> that's like he already blew up his splitting. home planet. Put in the microwave for ten seconds too long. <laughs> Avengers Thanos over hard. <laughs> what? He looks like a skinless Frankfurter. <laughs> <laughs> Or like those uh, little octopus hot dogs in like bento boxes. <laughs> yeah. What? Or like a cartoon gun when you put your finger in the barrel and fire it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what this has to do with the Silver Surfer. <laughs> it doesn't. This is this is how how fully risen Thanos is in Infinity War. <laughs> Way over risen. <laughs> Oh, did someone put too much yeast in? Yeah. If you make any sudden movements, it'll just collapse. <laughs> <clears throat> and then the other thing that bothered me about this movie. Wait, 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 they... wait. Hold on, hold on. Rise of the Silver Souffle? Because it'll just collapse. Uh, I'll allow it, I guess. I'm going to allow this. <laughs> <laughs> Against my better judgment. <laughs>